Author J.K. Rowling has recently been very vocal and disparaging towards certain members of the LGBTQ community. We understand, however, that while the source material may originate from someone whose personal opinions and comments we do not agree with and are very different than our own, that a movie is a product of hundreds of individuals and does not necessarily reflect or promote that individual's viewpoint. Our coverage of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban should not be taken as support for J.K. Rowling or her opinions. We at the Time Shifters podcast stand with our trans brothers and sisters. We see you, we believe in you, and we support you. Two American podcasters are lost in the swirling maze of past and future ages during their latest series of movie reviews. It's the Time Shifters podcast. Welcome to the Time Shifters podcast. This show discusses film and television from the long and recent past as well as the news and events surrounding them. We thank you for tuning in and would love to hear from you. Follow the link in the show notes to all our social media and websites, or send us an email to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. All I'm asking you to do now is to witness a demonstration of the possibility of movement within the fourth dimension. Everyone, and welcome back to the Time Shifters Podcast. This is Christopher here, here again, as always, with Tom. Tom, how you been? Not too bad. It's uh, It's been a busy couple of weeks, with even more busy weeks ahead. Yeah, no, uh, you've told me, shared some news with me. I understand. I don't know, if, you know, we don't need to go into details or anything, but it's going to be crazy for you for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mind at least pointing out I will be a homeowner, so... Yeah. enjoying the joy that is the second job that is, <laughs> that one takes yeah. in life in order to actually make that transition. So Yes, uh, yes. You will soon be setting up a new uh, Time Shifter Studio East. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Complete with desk this time. <laughs> yeah, not, not just sitting out in the middle of your dining room. <laughs> exactly. So exciting stuff. Yeah, it's very exciting. So congratulations. I mean, maybe I don't want to jinx it or anything because I know you're in the early stages, but you know, hope hope everything goes well. I do too. Thank you, sir. So I've been continuing to watch some uh, fun little horror films when I can. You know, I've been trying to dive into some of the stuff in the '80s, which I've been having a lot of fun with. Uh, I watched actually both versions, the 1981 and the 2009 remake of My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. 1981 is a lot of fun, but I, I swear to goodness, they filmed that entire thing, and then at the very end, someone said, okay, print and cut, and someone else went, oh, wow, we're not even going to mention why the killer was doing it. <laughs> oh, crap, we forgot. <laughs> Quick, start the cameras up. We need five more minutes. <laughs> we need somebody, uh, we need Captain Exposition to jump in there <laughs> Oh, it, it's not even that. They just came in with the end with somebody that is like, okay, sure, it was him. <laughs> Whatever. That's too funny because, uh, yeah, no, I, I even caught myself watching something on Riff Tracks just the other night where they go, oh, so we're not going to mention that we don't know how we came up with that solution? <laughs> the uh, actual, actual culprit just kind of comes out of nowhere 
and then the movie like oh no it's him and then it just sort of ends and it's the motivation is sure okay <laughs> check off rolling around in his grave <laughs> i didn't think you could make a movie that made less sense along this line until i watched the 2009 <laughs> and that makes even that's even it's even worse than the original as far as as far as like the motivation of the killer it's like it almost makes no effort whatsoever. It just says, and he's the one that did it. <laughs> sure. Why not? So so do you suppose, uh, is this either a case of they didn't learn from history or they just wanted to be as close to the original as possible? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it, it, it was an homage. <laughs> <laughs> By really pulling something out of somebody's ass at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> was an homage to can, the 1981 original. Can you make an homage to Suckitude? Uh, I mean, the 81 version is like everything you want in an 80s. Just like I was saying with, um, oh, what was it? To All Good Night. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what you want. You know, it's just over-the-top kills. You know, nothing makes any real sense and everything. It's just I got a real kick out of the fact that we're counting down. I'm like, and well, this movie's only so like an hour and a half, and I'm at that hour and 20-minute mark, and we don't know who did this. <laughs> <laughs> Details. Yeah. It'll all I, come I, out I, in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they actually made a sequel to one of these. I think they just did the remake. Well, if they made a sequel, I don't know about it. Anyway, fun but silly. Both films are fun but silly and kind of pointless. <laughs> But neither of them were as stupid as a film I watched from 2012. I watched Piranha Double D. I remember this one. <laughs> I've seen this one. Which is a sequel to Piranha 3D, which I don't know if I ever got around to watching or not. It doesn't matter. It's not like it's important. This film... God, <laughs> this film was written for something that should have been on the screens like 40 years ago. This this thing was written for, like, Bill Murray and uh, Corey Feldman. <laughs> and it's just so bad. I, I remember this one, and you're right. It's an absolute disaster. It's just a reason to see boobs. Um. Well, and that's just it. See, if, it was, if this came out in the 80s, that would make sense. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of the horror movies were. For, for a lot of kids, that was like their big chance. It was either, you know, they found their dad's magazines. Right. Or their, or their video collection or something. Or you watched a horror film. Right. And you got their gratuitous boobs. That's what they were there for. That's what horror movies kind of did through the 80s. This is 2012. Yeah. I mean, you, you could pull up boobies <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> yeah, so... The yeah. access is all over the place so it's kind of like what's the point in this film right <laughs> but i always get a kick out of uh the um the water danger movies because ultimately the way to not be in danger is then just don't get in the water <laughs> right <laughs> you don't want to get eaten by whatever the creature is being featured in this film don't get in the water with it and you're good <laughs> Oh, well, how they get people into the water at times is... Re oh, I know. Uh, that, <laughs> that's where you actually have the fun, is to, to start measuring and, and accounting for all the ridiculous ways 
that people actually end up in danger because all you have to do is either stay on the boat or stay on the land. <laughs> right. Well, in this one, they had a uh, a van whose emergency brake gets thrown and then rolls into the lake. So apparently its actual park doesn't work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then in another one, they actually have the piranha jumping up and knocking boards off of a dock so they can do that now <laughs> of course they can just to try to get the you know our heroines you know into the water well you know they're hungry so i mean they even did the they put a piranha up oh, no i don't even want to discuss it <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was so ridiculous that's the th- sad thing is I really feel like these people made this film and thought they were being hilarious. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this would be hilar- hilarious in 1985. Right. Yeah. But this is completely lame in 2012. It's just stupid. Well, right. Yeah, Cause they're not realizing at this p- stage, uh, you're not bringing anything new to the table and you're not executing on your version very well. I mean, they cast David Hasselhoff as David Hasselhoff, <laughs> and they do some kind of it. In any other movie, maybe it would have been funny when they do the whole Baywatch thing, and uh, he meets some kid who has no idea who he is, and he just thinks that's awesome. <laughs> so, I think you know that almost works, but surrounded by everything else in this movie, it doesn't. <laughs> We'll see what we have to do then is thank you for taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah, I would completely avoid Piranha Double D. <laughs> <laughs> Three Double D. Yeah, well, it's not in 3D when I'm watching it, so it's just Double D. I think it's actually advertised as Piranha DD oh, okay. on Prime. Yeah, because it's not 3D. Damn. What a shame. Yeah. Maybe it would be fun with the 3D gimmick, but, I mean, you could definitely see a few places where people would be ducking or whatever if the 3D was any good in the theaters, right. but, yeah. No, it was it was just stupid. I mean, I, I rarely watch a film and walk away shaking my head going, that was really stupid. <laughs> you know, usually I'd be like, well, that was dumb, but it was fun, or that was silly. No, this was just stupid. I mean, I... I actually almost felt angry by the time I was done. (laughs) Well, maybe I can uh, use this as a segue uh, from uh, both the 3D and the Halloween theme. Um, I had forgotten already that uh, the uh, uh, literally a couple nights ago went to see Evil Dead the Musical. Oh, nice. I've heard about this. Uh, Yes. No. uh, And it had... I believe it had a little run on on or just off Broadway. Uh, so there was a professional, professional version. Right. But since the, the creation of that, there have been lots of additional troops that have all taken that on. Um, and in, in the Baltimore area, there we do have a, an interesting little troop. Uh, um, they have, the group is called Deer in the Spotlight. Um, and they put together uh, at a little venue downtown Baltimore, and they go all out. They uh, they have their cast. They do all the songs uh, and all that. But in the theater, there is 
the splash zones, uh, because to do Evil Dead the musical properly, there needs to be audience participation, including getting bled on. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, and then they also had a little 3D section, too, because uh, since Evil Dead the Musical is kind of a blend of all of the favorite parts out of three of the Sam Raimi movies, um, they used a screen and some cheesy old 3D effects to, uh, to show off the Necronomicon and... and the little portal that opens up to to send the deadites away and all that so it a lot of fun really a lot of fun and it was just there were seven of us in our group and it was just kind of funny to see who got more splatter on them <laughs> <laughs> like nice there there was one guy uh based on their uh blood cannons <laughs> that they were using um he seemed to be directly in the line of the hose so his face was coated, but nice. then two seats over, one of our buddies is nothing. Yeah, but oh, and overall, how was it? Was it enjoyable? Did you guys have a good time? Oh yeah, no, we had a fantastic time. They do such a good job, and uh, um, between the music, the the acting, the 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 humor of it all, it's just a really great time. So. Excellent. I encourage anyone, uh, while we tend to talk about movies, this is live theater stuff, and um, and there's a different element to that. It is a very much a group experience, so I highly encourage trying to take this in if you can find one. Excellent. Very cool. No, I'm glad you got a chance to see it, because like I said, I have heard of it. I have heard from other people uh, on some other podcasts and stuff too, that it's a lot of fun. So I'm glad that that was the case. Yeah. And this is my fourth time going to one. Oh goodness. Okay. Yes. Try to get to one every couple years or so. So lots of fun. Yeah. Very cool. So you've been up to anything else? Watch anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, again, not not the kind of thing we get into right away, but uh, I did see the Black Adam movie. Yeah, cool. I was telling you, I knew this movie was coming out, but I didn't realize it was coming out, like, now. <laughs> yep, no, uh, we got to, uh, to Thursday nights. Even though they open on Fridays, there's always that squeak into Thursday night that where you can watch these things. Nice. So a group of us decided to go to that. I won't spoil anything of it. Uh, as usual, Rock is enter- the Rock is entertaining. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, you, you kind of can't right. go wrong with some of that. No, I do enjoy him. I like. I, he's just got the right attitude when he comes in the films. Yes, and, and this has been one of those that he's been wanting to do for like a decade. A long time, yeah. <laughs> Like, there are pictures of him wanting to do Black Adam, like, 20, 30 years ago, even. So, yeah, before anyone knew who Black Adam really was. <laughs> kind of. Um, and so he, he got his chance, and he did an excellent job with it. Uh, the only uh, critique here I will make of it is DC. Th- this is possibly one of the most entertaining of the DCEU films. Right, knowing that things like the Batman movies sit outside of that. Mm, okay. Um, um, but anything from the more recent, the Zack Snyder stuff, the the Justice League stuff, the the Man of Steel stuff, all of that. Um, this is ah, uh, and even uh, with uh, the Shazam movie, 
This sits kind of on par with the Shazam movie in that one you get those you get those third stringer um, characters, the ones people don't know as well. Okay. So you can't for a lot of audiences this won't have you won't have a lot of expectation because you might not be super familiar with these characters. So it has the benefit of that, but again, this is a movie where um, we insisted on introducing a giant ensemble cast, and there's no time, even though it's a fairly long run for this, it's over two hours for this film, um, there's not a whole lot of character development in in some of these. So as the action goes on and as there's peril, it's hard to feel concerned for anyone because you're like, I, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why Honestly, I should care. <laughs> right, you felt a little bit like that when they uh, Zack Snyder did uh, Justice League. Yeah, by bringing in the rest of the Justice League. I mean, we'd had a Wonder Woman, we had a Batman, we had a Superman, great. But now suddenly we have the Flash and Cyborg, and it's like, okay, you know, it seems like these guys should warrant more than five minutes of exposition to introduce them their character <laughs> what one would hope you're supposed to yeah like, like i said you're supposed to care but now you don't know why um and they're they're always they always write them way too flat so you're just here to have powers and do a job <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you don't get much in the way of explanation or, or motivation for the character, but it's, or it's all forced very quickly, or someone, I know you're mad because, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> that's that's why, okay. That's why he's got a chip on his shoulder. It, all in all, uh, the effects were pretty good. The story moved along. It had a decent pace. Um there were some moments there you're like, eh, I could have done without that, or it kind of draws away. But otherwise, a, a fairly entertaining film. Um, you, you do actually kind of want to see more Black Adam by the time you're done with it, so that it, they, it was effective in that capacity. So, cool. Um, and then they did tease some stuff, which uh, most will probably know online. I'm not going to go into it here. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I hope they take it a little further. Excellent. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've been looking forward and been kind of looking forward to it since it was teased at the end of Shazam. Right. <laughs> yeah, so what's funny is one of the teasers that was at the end of Shazam um, is – a link to the teaser that is at the end of uh, this Black Adam movie. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, already Black Adam is not what I was expecting after it was teased at the end of Shazam, so now I'm, I have no idea what to expect by the time I get to the end of Black Adam. Well, and that's part of the fun. Having actually read things with Black Adam in it, that's part of the fun of Black Adam, is he is not the character most... Whatever you go in thinking he's going to be, he's not that because he's not anything. He's not a hero. He's not a villain. Um, but he's definitely not somebody to be trifled with. <laughs> so, nope. This will also have the problem of uh, that I typically have when watching any of these, though, is, again, it's a character with magic powers. 
And as soon as you introduce magic, and we'll get into that with the film that we're going to discuss, um, <laughs> when you get into magic, you can write yourself out of whatever you want by just coming up with a new excuse for how things work. Absolutely. Magic is a get-out-of-jail-free card because there, there is no limitations. You just simply say, ah, you must be very powerful of a magician, wizard, sorceress to be able to do that. <laughs> that thing that no one else can do. <laughs> right. So there's no, no such thing as painting yourself into a corner. You just come up with a new spell and you get out of there. <laughs> as per always, there is a... Uh, a giant MacGuffin kind of thing in there. There's some element that doesn't exist that is involved heavily. Um, and it, unobtainium. <laughs> unobtainium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it sits in that category. It's you've never heard of it before. I maybe it was in a comic and I never heard of it there, but that becomes the thing that uh, moves some of the plot around. <laughs> MacGuffininium? Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Well, with that, let's go ahead and, uh, since you mentioned it already, let's go ahead and take a break and mm -hmm. listen to a promo for another podcast and then jump into Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. What's up, guys? You like movies? You like cleverly named cocktails? The one you listen to pop? Pour. Review! A podcast where we review movies, all while drinking some cocktails. Join us every Monday as we discuss new movies, old movies, and everything in between. New episodes Mondays at 7 Eastern. Come have a drink with us! Turn to page 394. He's the reason the Potters are dead. And now he wants to finish what he started. I want you to swear to me you won't go looking for Black. Why would I go looking for someone who wants to kill me? There's something moving out there. It was a Dementor. One of the guards of Azkaban is searching the train for Sirius Black. It is not in the nature of a Dementor to be forgiving. He finds me. Because when he does, I'm going to be ready. You must look beyond. Filthy little mudblood. Foul and loathsome evil little cockroach. Oh, that felt good. the third film in the Harry Potter series and it's based on the third book in the series created by J.K. Rowling. It was directed by Alfonso Cuaron and stars Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, and Rupert Grint. 
with appearances by Robbie Coltrane, who just unfortunately passed away yes. recently, uh, Michael Gambon, Gary Oldman, Alan Rickman, Dame Maggie Smith, and Emma Thompson. It is Harry's third year at the Hogwarts School for Wizards, and things are off to a rocky start as the term starts coincides with the escape of a wizard from the prison Azkaban. The escapee, Sirius Black, may have been the wizard responsible for allowing Voldemort to find and murder Harry's parents. Harry is determined to find and destroy Black. But things are never what they seem at Hogwarts, and the truth sends Harry and his friend Hermione on a short trip in time to discover the real culprit. You suggested this one. You caught on to the fact that there's a little bit of time travel in this film, and I think it was more of why they were using the time travel versus the time travel itself is the impression I got. Yeah, and I wanted to get into this one specifically over the ginormous paradoxes that this particular movie creates. Oh, okay. Well, I'm interested because I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to expound on that a little bit. Yes. Um, so just let me talk a little first. Overall, um, this was the first time I've seen this one. Okay. Yeah. I saw the first two films. My, I assume you you have you seen them all? I have seen them all. Yes. Let me ask you this: Is J.K. Rowling's little uh, gift to just crib herself in every book uh, because if you ran off like the brief synopsis or just hit the, the, the highlights of the, the big points in this film, yeah, people would think you're describing the first film. Yeah. Yeah. So Harry's in London with his muggle family. He accidentally uses magic. Uh, he goes to Hogwarts through a magical means. And once there, uh, we you know there's a an evil villain or who we think is the villain but turns out is your ally it felt very familiar it's like i never saw this movie and yet i knew what this movie was going to do <laughs> uh and whether you've read the books heard the audio versions uh watched the movies and and unlike most series where you can really say oh it, it gutted the book or something like that. No, these follow the books fairly closely. Uh, I've, That's good. I've been down all, all the paths, so and yes, there's there's some trimming here and there. There's some plot, some subplots in the books that get dropped for time, um, but for the most part, uh, they cover everything fine. And every one of them is a formula. Yes, you start with Harry before the start of the semester, hating life. He gets to Hogwarts. You get a little joy there. Hey, we're all back. We're having fun. There's some sort of bad guy thing that develops or a mystery that has to be solved. We go through the Scooby-Doo uh, phase. We we discover the villain. And at the end, the, sea, the year is over and all is right in the world. So, <laughs> so repeat that seven times and there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, understood. Yeah, now I, that's the first thing I thought of. I mean, as I'm watching this film, it's just like, this is the first movie. This is just a remake. <laughs> They've changed a few names and a couple added some scenes. And it's it's funny. You said they had to, uh, there's a lot of subplots and, and small things that they had to trim for time. This is almost a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and that's... With the trimming, so... I'm amazed, I mean, because at the time... I mean, these movies are made 
I think, for the people who were reading the books at the time. So Yes. So, what, the ages of uh, the characters are what? They're supposed to be, what, 14, 15 at this point, maybe? 13. 13? 13. So I'm thinking these movies are kind of made for the same age bracket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know any 13-year-old is going to sit through a two-and-a-half-hour movie. <laughs> but you know, apparently I was wrong because this thing did, you know, Mondo box office. So I, apparently I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, the Harry Potter comes with the thing. Now, here's the thing. Despite its formulaic nature, uh, the fact that this follows uh, a group of children as they grow up literally year over year over year right and despite the horrible terror uh, a lot of it is a, a a coming of age kind of thing um so for those that have read all the books and then saw all the movies they they, they saw themselves growing up and they got to watch these characters do it in a very fantastical way um, and interestingly enough, because this is the third film, this is when they are officially teenagers. Um, whether you loved it or hated it, this is when it got more serious all the way around. No pun intended with the one character's name. Uh, but um, the first two are... Despite the dangers, they're fairly light and fluffy. They're uh, easy to follow. They're very fantasy. They're, um, and there's a lot of joy and playfulness. This is when you get angsty. There's a little darkness involved in this, uh, a lot in some cases. Um, and the characters themselves are, are changing. And interestingly enough, all the three primary characters, uh, it's actually fascinating to go back and watch like the reunion uh, of the Harry Potter cast and all that because these kids grew up doing this this was their life they were as much these characters as they were themselves so they themselves were going through all the same crap <laughs> that their characters <laughs> were at least as people so um, it has a little extra something because all of those elements are there well, I know uh, Chris Columbus directed the first two. Yes, and then he uh, he passed. He decided not to direct the third. He he stayed on as executive producer, I think. Yeah, and that's where this Alfonso Cuarón uh, took over. And I, I think a lot of people kind of attribute this change of director with a little bit more of the uh, the darker tone mm -hmm. that this film. But also, I, I think people think the the book itself, uh, the books themselves, take a, start taking a little bit of a darker turn as I understand it. Yes. And so they felt that that was a really, actually probably a really good move. Oh, no, indeed. Uh, that This was the right time for that. This is when everything gets very, the, the stakes are higher. Uh, things can really start going wrong. And because they're getting older and things are getting more dangerous, it, uh, it has more gravitas and it just gets worse from there. So, by the time you get to the end of the Harry Potter series, it actually starts to get a hard to watch. Um, really? Yeah, and, and it's they're hard reads, too, because if you've invested in the character and you started when everything was nice and fluffy, um, for them to go through the stuff that they will go through is really awful. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there, there's an... Especially with the final book and uh, movie being split in two 
Um, when you get to the Deathly Hollows section, uh, that first movie story and story and that part of the book, um, it's just so bleak, so so terrible that you're exhausted at the wow. end of it. You're like, I can't they just go home? <laughs> <laughs> Can't the bad guy just go away? <laughs> yeah, can't Dumbledore wave a big magic wand and make it all okay? <laughs> well, and then you can get into entire conversations about whether Dumbledore was actually a good guy or a bad guy. Because his use of Harry throughout um, is borderline psychotic. So, oh, right. So it gets a little deeper. Uh, uh, just for the whole play in psychology, it might be worth you to to explore beyond even this film. Yeah, I, it's like I said, I, I when they first came out, I think I was interested as much as everybody else to see the the, the latest real big thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, there were just other big things that came along oh, that sure. attract, attracted my attention away from it, and so I never got into watching any of the other films. Because I, I know I saw the first two, and I didn't realize that this was the third. So I'm like, oh, good, at least I'm still in sequence. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, I, and like you, I probably saw the first few uh, out of, I I didn't know anything about it. I didn't read the books, and, and I saw at least something that had some really nice special effects and all that. So I thought, sure, I'll give them a shot. I didn't uh, really dig into them the rest of the way until I had my son along for that trip, and he got into it, so... That's probably another thing, too, where we were probably doing the sort of uh, the wait until we could do it as a family watch. Because I know my wife's read the books. My son's read the books. Yeah. And so we were probably waiting to, to do, oh, we'll wait till he's a little older or we'll wait till we have some time. And when the movies are two plus hours, it's hard for the family to find the time to sit down and watch these things. So that's probably wa- another reason why... You know the uh, Harry Potter watch uh, kind of stopped. Sure, yeah, no, they are in ti- time investment when each one essentially represents the entirety of a school year. Right. Uh, yeah, they take a little bit. Yeah. Now you mentioned something. I don't remember if you mentioned it uh, when we were recording, if you mentioned it uh, off recording or whatever. But this movie really should have been titled Hermione, <laughs> the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Harry Potter is a second-tier character throughout this film. Well, and, and if you watch enough of them, uh, Harry Potter is the second-tier character in most of the time. Um, I, again, not trying to get into a J.K. Rowling's conversation, but Hermione is clearly the hero throughout the entirety of it. She's the one that puts in all the work. She actually knows what she's doing most of the time. And most of them wouldn't be alive without her. I'm really annoyed when I the credits rolled and they list the cast. And, of course, Daniel Radcliffe gets top billing. And then it's followed by Rupert Grint and then Emma Watson. I'm yeah. thinking, Rupert Grint was in this film for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And he gets second billing? Yeah. It's terrible. I feel so sorry for Emma Watson. I mean, I'm sure she's complaining all the way to the bank on this sort of stuff. I'm sure she's not suffering from third-tier billing from the Harry Potter films. Oh, no, no. If but, anything, her career has taken off far more than most. Not that uh, they don't work. Daniel Radcliffe gets plenty of work, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but Emma's the name that most people know. Right. 
Yeah, Daniel Redcliffe, I know, has gone on, and I've seen some things that he's done, and I think he can be a very good actor. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is in this film, though. And that might be age. That might be because I'm watching a 13-year-old actor. And, and, and I think you're getting that. I mean, th- this is the first job he ever had, ever. I mean, the he, Harry Potter? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, no, he went into casting uh, as a potential for Harry Potter, and that was his first job. <laughs> oh, so, gotcha. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I may be kind of seeing um, naivete of a, of a young actor as being a bad actor. I, I probably shouldn't. It's a little rough, and, and, you know, some of it you can... For every uh, bad acting moment you get, it, it's a struggle to decide it, is that the actor or is that the director's choice i found like uh, emma watson and actually even rupert grinton in his few scenes i thought were much better than daniel radcliffe oh yeah no uh, emma watson is definitely a stronger actress than uh, <laughs> daniel is an actor but um but who knows uh, D- daniel radcliffe's about to play uh, it i don't know where it is in release yet but he's the biopic for weird al yankovic and he's playing yes, Weird Al. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I've seen the uh, the stills that everybody has, and he looks great. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm, uh, and I can't wait to see how they uh, um, they account for the height difference. Weird Al is a very tall man. Oh, sure, gotcha. And Daniel Radcliffe is really not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm wondering if they're going to have a bit of fun with that. <laughs> Sure, maybe. Uh, I have a feeling they'll likely ignore it, but I wouldn't be surprised considering the source material, you know, what they're actually basing this thing on. Yeah, if they don't poke a little fun or make some comments. I thought you'd be taller. Yeah. Well, and and I realize, and it is supposed to be a very tongue-in-cheek. It's a biopic that will have some history to Weird Al, but not necessarily be spot on. (laughs) Yes, fairly exaggerated so they either will choose to just go ahead and leave them short or i'm just curious if uh they'll try to pull off some like lord of the rings style work to make him seem Mm. taller than he is no i i doubt it i i think they'll keep tongue firmly in cheek and like i said just make some occasional everyone he meets you know, I thought you'd be taller, kind of thing. That would be kind of a funny, fun running gag. Yeah, you know? uh, and I'll be curious how they do that. But so, yeah. Uh, and he has actually become far more the uh, comedic actor than anything. He's been in a series of stuff uh, on uh, TBS. All each season of the show is an alternate version of itself. So he keeps playing oddball characters and kind of in that funny territory well he made some smart moves as soon as the harry potter films were done i mean he wanted to shake the harry potter from you know from and he went and did uh, some stage play called equius where yeah. he immediately is like i'm an adult and here i am naked right i mean he he so he really jumped in and said i am not harry potter right and i think that was a pretty smart move because it just sort of just made this hard line bam you know that was then this is now, give me something different. As cool as it was for him to do that, uh, he went on to do uh, the sequel to that other magic movie that the name is escaping. Uh, now now You See Me? or Oh, oh. 
Okay, not the one I was thinking of. I'm not sure. Anyways. <laughs> I was thinking of the Fantastic Beasts. Is that not? Oh, no, he wasn't in that. No, okay. No, uh, that that's the that's the prequel series to Harry Potter. I thought that was somehow in the universe, but I didn't know where. No, this m- movie that he was in, he he, he plays a magician. <laughs> so, oh, sure. And, and he's the bad guy on top of it. So, oh yeah, now now you see me too. I I had it right. He play he plays a character where there's a little tongue in cheek from the whole magic thing. Yeah, so what is it about the time travel in this one? It's done, it happens probably in the last, what, 45 minutes or so of the film before, well, it happens throughout the film, but we don't see it. We see the uh, uh, Hermione suddenly showing up here and there and no one understanding where the hell she come from. (laughs) And and I thought that was very fun and effective. Uh, Right. that, That was pretty cool. I mean, you're already in a school for magic the fact that there's something I'm always uh, a little um, intrigued how Harry keeps acting like everything is like, where did that come from? What What, what is happening? He, he's always a little deer in the headlights. For, like, and like, like he's constantly forgetting he's at a school for wizards. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, stop asking what's happening. Start asking, how did you do that? You're right. <laughs> so already accept that this is a thing that so i always always think it's funny that he's still deeply embracing his muggle side as they would refer to it but no so like you're pointing out the time travel part is happening but we're not noticing it and what i thought was really fun and effective in this movie is that we take us through the entire storyline up to what is essentially the end of the movie with a fairly dissatisfying ending that's about to happen because there's the possibility of horrible things happening to the characters we have just learned to care and know more about. So that's when we introduce Hermione and her time turner and Dumbledore giving a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink to here's how you go save the day. Um, so she, uh, sends Harry and herself back in time, but we have to remember at this point, um, they've, they've already experienced being pelted by rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, they've already experienced something calling away a werewolf (laughs) and they've already experienced Harry and Sirius Black being saved by a mysterious figure. By a mysterious figure that Harry believes to be his father. So now we set ourselves into the time travel and we discover that Hermione and Harry are the ones that are affecting things through through the t- through traveling back in time. So they're the ones that throw the rocks that get them to leave the ca- cabin. Um Hermione is the one doing the wolf calls to distract the werewolf. And then we find out that Harry is the one that saves Harry. So what happened the first time? You're always stuck on there having to be a first time. I am stuck on there having to be a first time. To play that out properly, Harry had to die at least once. No, I don't agree. I think it's all a closed loop. It doesn't happen without them going back in time. 
but this gets back to the uh this gets back to like our conversation with Bill and Ted too because mm-hmm. but in that particular case in Bill and Ted's case you could conceive of a a a version of time where They've gone ahead and failed the project, gone back in time in the booth because they still have the booth to set in motion the things that prevent them from from failing. So we just we're watching somewhere in the we're watching the end result of them learning going through the loops. Yes, that film, I think you could have the potential for that, but I don't think it happened. I don't think that's how it happened. Just like and in this film, I I don't think that's how it happened. The events play out because they went back in time. There was never a time where they didn't go back in time. But how do you get there? Like, I, I, I agree. Once you there's set no the, there to get to. There, there isn't there to get there, get to because she's she's been traveling. She in time. She she's been doing this, and they have explained how how. how but she was very big on the whole point that they couldn't be seen. Um, and you're to assume that that's how she's been getting around in, in the classes, too, is she's doing it by she's hiding in a corner. She does her thing and then she shows up where she needs to. As long as she doesn't see herself and nobody else who would have seen her sees her, they don't know any different. But in this case, on this past, they've interacted with one another. Right. Again, for even though she has the component to travel in time, and we're granting that they're always traveling back in time, you have to enter the loop somewhere. See, I just don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think one can influence the other without actually having a a beginning. But see, if everything happened hunky dory the way that she would never have had to gone back in time. Right. So there is no there is no time that she didn't go back in time and do all the things that she had to do. And, and, and granted, in, in what we saw, we're, we are seeing the end of the loop. I still say there has to be a beginning of the loop. There has to be a time where in all of this, Buckbeak gets his head chopped off. Um, either they get... Either one or both of them get eaten by a werewolf, <laughs> or at the minimum, Harry and Sirius die, and and Hermione is so fraught from the experience of all of this that she goes back in time to start it again. No, no, no. See, the, the, the thing about the loop is that it's a loop. It's a circle. Uh-huh. The, there is no beginning and there is no end. So with this loop that they've gone back in time they've influenced the events that led them to go back in time i i it it is the loop that there is no necessarily a beginning like you like you think it's not an i don't i don't see it as like a highway you get on (laughs) or something at any point And, and that's half the fun of time travel is you can argue this i i from my perspective there has to be a line in which the thing in, initiates. And, right. and do it, reading some of the stuff that we have read on time travel from a physics point of view, theoretically, every time you travel, you've essentially created a different universe all the way around. 
So the choice to, to travel in time causes you to create a different world because it won't the circumstances will not be the same after you've gone back. You've influenced something no matter what. So I still say you start at, on a path and now you've <laughs> altered the path. Okay. So but that's why I wanted to get into this conversation cuz from my perspective Harry had to die at least once in order for there to be a decision to go back and do all the saving. Hmm. So, which is why I, uh, Dumbledore's even saying, if done right, two, two, two innocents could be saved tonight. Yeah, well, I think he was referring to Buckbeat and Black. Yes, no, he, he absolutely is uh, referring to that. Actually, he could have gone for three, because it depends on your point of view on the... Um, oh, what was his name? The the one that turns into the werewolf. Oh, right. Yeah, Lupin. Lupin. Because, of course, his name's Lupin. Of course. <laughs> yeah, pretty much as soon as they introduce him, I'm like, uh, he's a werewolf. <laughs> Man, it, it, it's like you're made of magic or something. <laughs> I don't know how I saw it coming. <laughs> no, but... Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, and I even took a little of that to to mean that uh, Dumbledore could actually possibly have seen or knows of loops where things didn't go right. I think we will always disagree on the uh, how the the time loops and, and and things like this work. I tell you what, let's uh, let's go ahead and get a time machine built, and we're going to work this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> the only way to test the, the hypothesis is through experimentation. So <laughs> so it, let's get on it. But no, and, and that, like I said, that's why I wanted to watch this one in particular, especially after I had read that article a couple months ago, because I'm like, it was the first thing that I thought of in this is, uh, is I, I latched on to that whole idea. Okay, well, if you're going to travel, then you are making an alternate um, universe at this point so um, and, and I'm okay with that it just uh, I want to see the I want to see the start I want to see <laughs> where what what had happened where uh, grandfather did die or something like that. so it's very interesting so you're saying you want to see a movie where a 13 year old girl sees one her best friend brutally murdered <laughs> You're a sick man, Tom. <laughs> well, you know, it is October. <laughs> I'd be very curious to hear from any of our listeners their take. Does there have to be an initial loop of tragedy in this case yeah. in order to instigate someone going back in time? Or is it a closed uh, loop like I, where it always happens that way? There is never a time when it doesn't happen that way. No, I, I'd be absolutely... That's the fun of this, the, the debate, the understanding. Uh, it, it was an effective way to do it, and the notion that Harry finds it within himself to be strong enough to even be capable uh, of saving himself and Sirius from the sheer volume of tormentor or dementors that mm -hmm. were flying around... Um, so 
that was actually your first inkling to uh, that the Harry character was probably stronger than you had gotten to that point. Because, I mean, we did get his earlier days where he has no idea what he's doing. Um, clearly, he has the ability to be a wizard, but doesn't understand it and wasn't brought up the way that other wizards were. So right. he didn't learn what others have learned up to that point. So this was your first shot of, oh, okay, he might actually be capable of being as strong as everyone says he is because he's a celebrity without any gusto behind it. Right. So, but, so, enjoying all that, he still died once. Okay. (laughs) So, as I said before, this thing did Mondo box office. It did very well in the Harry Potter series of films. Mm-hmm. What? How did it do critically? I uh, found a couple of them. Uh, I, I did uh, get in here something from Peter Bradshaw um, as part of the Guardian. Um, just kind of come to the end of this. Uh, he goes. I love this line. He says, this Harry Potter picture will cast a spell on its fan base, but the broomstick's losing altitude. (laughs) So (laughs) he gave this a three out of five. So uh, I think what he's, uh, he's running into that same thing that you're experiencing after this. This is a shift in the story at at this point. And, um, but it's also formulaic, so you're you're seeing this the third time, only a darker version of it. So he's like, eh, it's kind of losing a little steam. Mm, gotcha. Um, and then also Roger Ebert, while Roger Ebert was still with us, uh, he actually gave it a three and a half stars. He actually kind of enjoyed this a bit, but um, similar to what I had just read, he goes... Is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban as good as the first two films? Not quite. It doesn't have that sense of joyously leaping through a clockwork plot, and it needs to explain more than it should. But the world of Harry Potter remains delightful, amusing, and sophisticated. The challenge in this film ahead will be to protect its fragile innocence and not descend into the world of conventional teen thrillers, which I may need to go back and read any of his others to see how he felt about the ones to come. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because this was from the year it came out, so 2004. Yeah, I'd be very curious to... I'm actually a little curious to see the other films and see how it goes and whether it does turn into just kind of a more mundane, but with magic. (laughs) Yes, and I'd be curious just to get your take on that, even if we don't discuss the films at length here. Um, it'd be cool to see uh, your perspective, especially as it goes from here into the next, because it does start to descend rather quickly. <laughs> all right, very cool. Is that all you got then? That's all I, I, I pulled together. The, everyone's. It, it's Harry Potter. People love the Harry Potter stuff. Um, yeah. Watching this movie, I could see, had I read the books or anything, that this would have been a lot of fun to see those characters brought to life in this story. Yeah. As as a muggle, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like, uh, it, it was all right. 
Right. I'll admit that at times I was a bit bored. Yeah. But that's because I I don't have all that history and and, and knowledge and, and and memories of you know fondly reading the books or anything. Cause they they get into the classrooms and they're doing stuff, and it's like, why are we sitting through this? <laughs> <laughs> But because it's in the book, because it builds the universe and everything, I understand this. But yeah, as as a muggle, I was a little bored at times. Uh, and, and that is a perfectly valid point of view. Um, but hopefully, you enjoyed it enough to enjoy the uh, the conversation once again on whether or not we like we like our time loopy or linear. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Nope, nope, nope. It was fun. It was a fun uh, conversation, and I appreciate you bringing this one to the table for just that reason alone. Yep. So, we didn't actually talk before we got on here about doing next time, but I think it's my turn. It is. So, I'm actually going to go ahead and jump. I want you to watch a... From 1979, I'm going to have you watch the first story in the Sapphire and Steel series. Ooh, okay. Yeah, something a little different. Uh, There's... Other stories in the in the, the entire run of the show that I think are really interesting, but I think you need to see the first story. Okay. So we'll start with the the beginning, and uh, I don't remember. I don't think they really have titles, not that I can recall. <laughs> but this is the first story. I believe it's four parts uh, from 1979. So. Yeah, if anyone's got your Sapphire and Steel DVDs or anything, or uh, if you can find it, uh, I, it used to be streaming on Prime, but I'm not—I don't think it's still there. But I will make sure that you find a a, a way to watch this, and uh, I'm curious to see what you think of it. Cool. Yeah. No, we were due to go back in time a bit. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. So it's it's fun. Yeah. 1979 is—it's a different time. It is. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> No, looking forward to trying that out. Excellent, good, because I'm hoping you'll like it, and I'm hoping you'll like it enough to be curious to dive into some of the other stories. Well, yeah, no, you're catching me. This is a property that I don't know anything about, so I look forward to exploring the new. Good, yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that more uh, on the next episode. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, please, any thoughts on time travel and these time loops, send us our, send it our way. Follow the links to any of the social media or send us an email to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in two weeks to talk a little bit of Sapphire and Steel. Until then, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. See ya.